0: Turn to um, page four in the bulletin, please. You see that yesterday was the feast of the maternity of Our Lady. She was a mother from the moment she conceived Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So a big deal about the maternity of the Blessed Virgin. Can you think of a bigger deal? I can't. That moment she became the mother of Jesus. Nine months later, he was born. Um, So... uh, the maternity of Our Lady uh, yesterday, feast day. Then look down at the bottom of page four, and you see that tomorrow is the anniversary of the miracle of the sun in the last six in the last of the six visits of the Blessed Mother to the three children in Fatima in 1917. It's a great miracle of the sun. You can see on the cover of the bulletin, um, the cover of a newspaper. It's in Portuguese. Um, It's a very um, bad um, picture. In other words, in this sense, you can't read anything. And, of course, how many here, if if it was very clear, how many of you could read Portuguese? Not many. But it says at the bottom in English, the miracle of the sun was reported in the anti-clerical press, O Seculo. No, it wasn't anti-clerical. It was anti-Catholic. The king of Spain, about 1900, um, excuse me, the king of Portugal was, was very Catholic, so he was assassinated when his son um, um, buried his father and then took over after him. He was assassinated, and the incredible anti-Catholic um, elements in Portugal um, began to take over the government and of course take over the newspapers. Imagine government newspaper I mean uh, the, the government and the newspaper getting together. I don't have to imagine that, do I? We, um, and you don't have to speak Portuguese either. It's right here. <laughs> it's so terrible. Anyway, the um, there were seventy, about 70,000 estimated who saw this miracle of the sun. Another 25,000 in the area around. So right at 100,000 people. And all of them were Catholic. Well, except for those people who were not Catholic. They were Christian but not Catholic Christians. And there were atheists and they're also in, in the mix there were scientists and doctors and priests um, there were all kinds in a hundred thousand so uh, the uh, uh, it was reported I gave this to you because you can see it was reported in the newspaper that um, uh, the event it says above their heads is uh, uh, how on the uh, how the, the sun danced at midday in Fatima. So, um, look on page seven. Uh, no, sorry, page five it says um, Wednesday is the feast of Saint Teresa of Avila. She was the one who uh, started the reform of the Carmelite. Saint Therese was uh, a Carmelite of Saint Teresa of Avila's reform. Then on Thursday, you see it's the feast of Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque. So many of you are making your Nine first Fridays. Friday is the Feast of Saint Ignatius of Antioch. I forgot on Thursday that will be the that will be the anniversary. In nineteen seventy eight, on October sixteenth, Pope John Paul II, Saint John Paul II was elected Pope. I'm not sure. But I think there are people still alive today who were alive in nineteen seventy eight. Okay. Uh, Saturday, you see, is the Feast of St. Luke, the Evangelist, perhaps the author of most, um, the, m- most books of the New Testament. He wrote St. Luke's Gospel and Acts of the Apostles. Look on page 7, at the bottom of page 7, there's the interesting book, Fatima for, to, for Today. Um, about a month ago, I was out in front of the church, and uh, this mother came out. She said, oh, Father, we finally got the book on Fatima um she said yeah when my daughter opened the book she said yeah mom and it's only taken us two years since father paul's been talking about it <laughs> art link letter said kids say the darndest things of course i'm too young to have seen art link letter i just saw him in reruns the um page nine um uh, congratulations. We had the, um, the largest group out there on Wesley for the life chain. It was, it was a beautiful day, and um, perhaps the, uh, the greatest number we've ever had out there. That's great that so many came out to stand up for life. Um, I couldn't believe the traffic, how much traffic was on Wesley. I mean, four lanes. Um, the, um, I would say at least 95% of the people were very supportive. About 5% were not. And of that 5%, they waved at us with one finger. Yeah, you know what that means. Uh, page 9, thank you to um, Father Morris and Fran. Uh, he came here last Sunday. People said, Father, um, I, I we got out so quickly. I I didn't, uh, I don't remember getting out of Mass that quickly. Um, I didn't understand what they meant. The, uh... <laughs> the uh you know what if i can say that with a straight face i might have a i might have a career in politics just tell a just tell a whopper without uh flinching anyway uh father morris came last week and uh i think that this is not a joke i think um, it's been eight maybe nine years since i missed a sunday here uh when i came back i said the last three masses uh the last two masses um the um, and the life chain, but I think I'm going to make a habit of this. Yeah, every eight or nine years, I think I'll take off half a Sunday. Well, that that way it's a habit, right? It was eight eight or eight or nine years ago. Now this time, now eight or friends, I I do take a vacation from time to time, but I take it Monday through Friday because I could get priests to come out here and say mass, and I know how that would be. I'd have to get two or three to say masses for me out here and. The car broke down and things like we. I missed my exit. Yeah, I've heard that one. Anyway, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna risk it. Page 10, 11, and twelve is copied right out of the Dallas Morning News. No, just kidding. That way you'll read it. The, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, Saint Michael the Archangel, the Guardian Angels, and Saint Therese. Um, it's my take on the Ebola thing, and also uh, that storm that came just days after it. Page 12 at the bottom, the Women's Guild has a, um, a new uh, book for their study group, their book club. All the women of the parish are invited to come if you want to. You don't have to be a member of the uh, Women's Guild. If you want to be afterwards, you could. It's, a, a, it's p- perhaps their best um, book so far, St. Paul, a Bible study for Catholics. I don't know why I'm drawn to that topic. But anyway... The, uh, page 13, 14, and 15. It's about the, um, the nightly rosary Bible study that we have uh, now since uh, June of 2013. Um, so it's been going very well. The, um, uh, when Our Lady appeared in July, the children asked her, Who are you? Please tell us your name. She said, I will tell you in October, meaning October the 13th. She said, And then I also will perform, or a great sign will be um, uh, recognized as proof that what you are telling them is true. Imagine that. Children ages 10, 9, and 7 telling a fib. Imagine that. You don't have to imagine it. The kids could say, oh, we saw the Blessed Virgin Mary. They didn't say that. They saw we saw a beautiful lady from heaven. They asked her, where are you from? She said, heaven. And so that's why they said we saw a beautiful lady from heaven. On um, October 13th, 1917, so 97 years ago, she identified herself as Our Lady of the Rosary. This is Our Lady of the Rosary. This is the month of the Most Holy Rosary. So uh, last Monday, on the feast of the Holy Rosary, I made the announcement out front. Um, I said that if, um, um, well, Last Sunday on the cover of the bulletin was the uh, bronze statue in Rome of St. Michael the Archangel. Um, And um, uh, there's a story here about how um, I blessed a car, blessed a, a, a vehicle for this family on Sunday. Friends, I never bless cars on Saturday and Sunday. You know why? Because I don't have time on Saturday and Sunday to do this. You know, I don't have time to turn around. Well, I don't on Saturday and Sunday. But where, where do these people live? I bless their car. On one side of their property is the Red River. Fortunately, they're on the respectable side of the Red River, right? So I, I bless their, their, their truck. When they, I blessed it at uh, 4.30, at 5:35, uh, five, uh just a mile from here. They were involved in a head-on collision. Several children, mom and dad, they were going 30. The other car going the wrong way was going 40. So a 70-mile-an-hour collision, everyone walked away from the accident. So um, I got to thinking about that. So I said to the people last Monday on the Feast of the Holy Rosary, I said, if you you bring your car to be blessed at 9 o'clock or earlier, just put it over here in the parking lot under one of these lamps, these lights. Uh, we got a great parking lot now with lighting. Um, I said, I'll bless your car if you bring it before 9 o'clock or at 9 o'clock. But if it's 901 or it's 902 or 903, I'll still bless your car, but it'll cost you $100. <laughs> and it's not going to St. Williams. It'll go to my favorite charity. Right? So, the, uh, so Monday through Friday. Saturday and Sunday, no. I don't have time to turn around on Saturday and Sunday. I really don't. So um, I'm going to figure out a way to do this in the daytime, too. But I haven't figured it out yet. So uh, uh, when I do, I'll let you know. But we have this Monday through Friday thing. Um, Just show up at 9 o'clock or a few minutes early and just just open your car door and stand by your car. Very good. And then the Knights of Columbus, they have the Oktoberfest. I... I um, I've been hearing. See, I'm from Dallas, and so I hear things from Dallas. Shh, shh. That's what I'm hearing from Dallas. They're keeping a, a tight lid on it. Um, they they canceled this year the State Fair of Texas, but they're not putting it in the in the in the newspaper. They're not talking about it on the radio. They're, it's not on TV. But they've canceled the fair. They're redirecting everyone else to go to the Oktoberfest here this Saturday in Greenville. I don't know why they canceled it. um, they, um usually have no problem um, overcharging for parking and rides and um, uh, crime there. The Knights of Columbus are, are going to help out Dallas, even though we're in Hunt County. They're in Dallas County. We're going to have the Oktoberfest this Saturday. Some of the nights they've even volunteered that while you're at the Oktoberfest, just so you can feel like you're at the State Fair of Texas, they'll steal your car. Um, They'll give it back, kind of like the catch and release at the border, right? um, They'll steal your car and then they'll give it back um, just so you can feel like you're at the State Fair of Texas. The Knights of Columbus have even uh, made their uh, hours longer. Friends, the Knights of Columbus, I, I do not know any group of men who do more charity in Hunt County over the next 12 months than the Knights of Columbus. The money they raise at this uh, is the engine for those charities throughout the next 12 months. So this is not merely, oh, uh, come on down to the Oktoberfest you can't find better better food, and you, kids can run, run and play. You can have a great meal, and you can do a lot of good with charity. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm sure that was a long announcement. Now, the homily, it's from the second reading. The second reading. St. Paul says to the people at the church in Philippi, It was kind of you to share in my distress. My God will fully supply whatever you need, in accord with His good, His goodness, His glorious riches in Christ Jesus, in the name of the Father Son, and Son of the Holy Spirit. The first lesson we are taught is to share, as babies, and then as we get older, that's the same lesson they keep trying to, um, to teach us is to share, and even when you're older. Um, we have to struggle against ourselves. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that on September 27th, the Feast of St. Vincent de Paul, uh, a saint who is um, identified with the poorest among us, September 27th, last year, I got a phone call uh, from a company in DFW. I'll say Dallas, Arlington, Fort Worth. Um, and uh, they wanted to make a substantial contribution to St. William. Um, I'll tell you today that it was $30,000. Now, friends, I often get people calling me wanting to give me large sums of money. And it always works out the same way. I I, I accept their generous offer and then somehow I stop snoring and I wake up because I was dreaming you're dreaming if you think that people um, call me and give me big checks. Yeah, right. Um, they say, yeah, here's a big check. Sign right here. Oh, no. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, no. So they said um, they wanted to give this to uh, St. William. I didn't tell you this the other day when I made the announcement for the first time. But um, uh, I mentioned that I was um, my mom... Uh, I was planning on moving my mom in. She's here. She loves Greenville. She's—it's kind of hard making an adjustment to me, but uh, she's not having a problem adjusting to Greenville. <laughs> anyway, the—I um, wanted to move my mom in, but I knew to, I knew I had to fix up the rectory. The rectory is 60 years old. So is this church, um, and um, most of those buildings over there too. So um, I didn't have—we didn't have the money. Friends, just to let you know, um, all our debts are paid. All our debts are paid. We have no loans. Uh, All our bills are paid. We just don't have much money. So that tells you where we stand. Uh, We don't have a good finance council here at St. William. We have an excellent finance council there. They've been working on this for over 10 years. You know the members of the finance council. Uh, Every Month they get um, the the bank statements what comes in and what goes out and that 's the way it's been every year uh, every year the bishop um, sends someone over and they audit our our books and they make a report so the finance council sees all of that you're very they're very good at what they do so that's uh that's how we have been going along the last ten years so um But they knew we didn't have the money to to fix up the rectory. So when I got this phone call, um, it was an answer to a prayer. And I cried. I don't cry often, but I think in this instance, I was so grateful prayers came out in my eyes. Yeah. So um, it wasn't long after that that I got a call from the foundation. You remember about five years ago? We had to put a new roof on um, the church, the rectory, and the breezeway. Um, and then um, had to put the next year we had to put a new roof on the education building. And then the next year we had to put a roof on the uh, gym. Wow, um, the um, this foundation, which is not in Texas, somehow discovered us. And over the years they've helped us with this roof and that roof and that roof. Um in fact, um the um, um it was like two or three years ago when we before we put the roof on the gym, I was um I was saying mass here one night. It was December the 9th, the first time our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to Saint Juan Diego, and I just preached how she was the 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 virgin of the poor. Then after Mass, I locked up the church, sat down, opened my mail, and there was a check. I think it was for $75,000 to pay for the roof of the gym from the foundation that's not in Texas. I have no idea how they discovered our parish. But um, we have benefited over the years, the last five years, from their help, and it's been totally unexpected. So um, when I opened up the mail and I saw that, I cried then, because I the the gym roof was leaking. Um, you know, when the first time I remember the first time I came into this church and I looked at the ceiling. I remember what I said. Ugh. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what most people say when they look at this this ceiling. Well, why didn't you fix that first? Well, you fix the ceiling first, and you don't fix the roof. Guess what happens to the ceiling? Ugh. Exactly. Now, a lot of men here would say, well, just paint it. No, we're going to put a a wood ceiling over here, over this roof. Or or men are going to, I'm not going to do it. Men are going to put a a wood ceiling, uh, a paneled ceiling up here. Um, We could paint it. Some men would say, well, just go ahead and paint it. If only men went to church here, that would be possible. But women also attend church here. Well, it's painted. It's like we could also just uh take up the carpet and the linoleum, just have cement. If only men went to church here, that would be fine. But women come to church here as well, right? Looks okay to me, it's paid for. Right, right. It must be terrible living with you. Uh but somebody has to, uh right? So we're going to um, we're going to replace the we're gonna put in a new ceiling putting a new floor no we're not gonna put in new carpet we're gonna we're gonna fix the floor and um, the parking lot if it needs but i want to go over to the education building you know you can't get into the education building if you're in a wheelchair rots a ruck yeah it's it's really hard to get in there like i'd like to make it handicap accessible and then those two bathrooms oh they just need to be gutted and put in handicap bathrooms and how am I going to pay for it? Well, I got a new check, another check in the mail. I didn't get a check in the mail. No, this has to do with uh, what Bishop Farrell uh, just last week announced. So it was in the Texas Catholic newspaper. It's uh, in the Dallas Morning News. It was on the news. The bishop, Bishop Farrell, has begun um, a capital campaign in the nine counties of the diocese of Dallas. Um, now take a look at page eight in the bulletin if you would. It'll help you it, it helps to stay awake when you move around. Anyway um, turn to page eight. You see there at the bottom of page eight there's the date. My name and it says October 27 2013. So I was I was talking I, I wrote this last year in October, but it refers, as you can see at the top it refers to a meeting from June of 2013. All of the priests of the diocese, we got together for a meeting with the the bishop over a period of four days. And on the last day, Bishop Harrell spoke to us about this capital campaign. I've been a priest 25 years. How many capital campaigns have I ever done? Zero. How many have I organized? Zero. How many have been in our diocese? Zero. So when Bishop Farrell announced the capital campaign, um, then he came down to talk among the priests. And I shook his hand. I told him, well, Bishop, when, when I first heard about this idea of the capital campaign, I was against it. Um, you may say, well, no wonder you have a problem with bishops. You tell them what's on your mind. No, Bishop Farrell wants to know what's on your mind. But I look around the diocese, and just like I can see issues here, at St. William, you can look all around our diocese, nine counties, and you can find you can find buildings or churches that you either need to fix or close. When I got to Blessed Sacrament, June of ninety three, it either needed to be fixed or closed. And we fixed it. It was it was brought up to speed. But um, uh, also I've been a priest 25 years, and we've never had a capital campaign in the diocese. Oh, wait a minute! That's not true. That's not true. I can think of two organizations that are Catholic that every year they had a Catholic, they had a capital campaign. Oh boy, I would, I would love to mention uh, their names right now, but I won't. Uh, this little angel on my shoulder is pulling on my ear. Don't do it. Don't do it. So every year, for the last 25 years, I think for the last 35 or 40 years, these two Catholic institutions, they've been coming through with a capital campaign, and every year they skim off the cream. And it goes to make these two institutions bigger and fatter and richer. Um, but that means that people from all over the place, instead of giving to Catholic institutions all over the place. it goes to those two places. Guess who is taking a time out for the next five years from having capital campaigns <laughs> I bet they 're having to I bet they 're having to consult a 12 step group uh, they 're having withdrawal symptoms right we 've never stopped having a uh, a capital campaign. Yeah, well, catch your breath. Um, count your money don 't fall off of that mountain of money that you 're sitting on either no i 'm serious. Um, Last Sunday, I was down at the Red Mass. That's why I wasn't here. And after the Red Mass, we went next door to the b and um, a judge got up. He was given an award, and there was Bishop Farrell uh, sitting at the front there, and he was um, giving his opening remarks. And one of the things he said, he said, Bishop, I, I would like to say that over the last seven years that you've been here, you've had to really clean up a big mess but i really can't say that because that would look bad for the the man who was serving here before you he said instead of saying that i'll just say that you've kept a the last 7 years you kept a steady course yeah i agree with the judge especially that first part um there was a big mess to clean up now when uh, speaking of big messes we uh we did that um we did that work over in the rectory uh, some of the rooms, the rooms where my mom is staying, um, we, um, we, had, we made a big mess to, to, to upgrade. And it um, took me um, a while to find a contractor. You know, you, you could find a bad contractor that fast. Um, but uh, to find one who will, who will do the work that he promised when he said, it's really hard to find those guys. And when you find somebody like that, you want to keep them. Bishop Farrell has been here for seven years. Bishop Farrell is not a perfect bishop. He's a good bishop. There are no perfect priests. Well, I'm, I'm the only one. But, um, Bishop Farrell is not a perfect bishop. He's a good bishop. He's a, uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And he's been doing a lot over the last seven years. So he's going to be stuck with this capital campaign for five years. Then two years after that, he turns 75 and he retires. The Pope is not going to be moving him around. Um, You don't move a bishop in the middle of a capital campaign. It's a $125 million campaign. Uh, Uh. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Bishop Farrell is asking all of the parishes to raise half. Guess who's going to raise the other half? He is. <laughs> he is. Now, um, just as I just mentioned that Bishop Farrell is not going anywhere, that's my, that's my informed guess. I've been here 10 years. Do you think the bishop's going to move a priest around when he's in the middle of raising um, for the capital campaign? I don't think so. I've also told him that I would like to be here the rest of my life. Oh, you can find a better pastor. I'll I'll stay here until he gets here, okay? I'll I'll keep the place going until that better pastor gets here. I don't know. I'm not in charge. Bishop Farrell is. But you got to tell him what's on your mind, don't you? Um, So over the next five years, these are the things that I would like to get done. Um, If we didn't have a capital campaign... How would we get that done? I don't know, but obviously they need to be done. or we can just let it um, worsen. We'll just wait and elves will come in the middle of the night and they'll do all the work. No, that's not how it works. Now, I told you about that phone call I got last september twenty seventh um, and here's the problem with sharing. Um, when they told me they were going to give me they were going to give our parish thirty thousand dollars. This little angel on my shoulder was tapping, and I heard what he said, but I didn't mention it to the company. So I hung up the phone, and about a minute later, I called him back, and I said, "Excuse me, um, would you mind taking that thirty thousand dollars and cutting it in half and giving fifteen thousand to the Missionaries of Charity?" I I love the Missionaries of Charity. But I also love my mother. Hey, I'll just let my mother become a missionary of charity. <laughs> I'll let my mom stay at the missionaries of charity. <laughs> my mom ought to laugh about that. Anyway, the, um, so I asked them, would you mind cutting the, the donation, 30,000 and a half, giving 15 here and 15 there? And they said no. We're going to give 30, we want to give 30,000 to St. William's, and we'll give 15,000 to missionaries of charity. I wasn't dreaming; it actually happened. Um, at that, right at that same time, that foundation, um, that foundation that gave for a new roof here, and there, and there, they um, they gave us a check for sixty five thousand dollars. So if you take thirty thousand and sixty five; it's almost a hundred thousand dollars. With that money, over the last twelve months. We put in LED lights in the parking lot. Um, we closed down the, the mushroom farm that we had over here in the parking lot. You could grow mushrooms, it was so dark. Um, put a new roof on the uh, archway in front of the church, uh, completely redid it, uh, putting in decking and, and revising that whole thing. Um, and then uh, put, did the work on how to pay for the labor and the materials. Now, you probably think when I go into Lowe's or Home Depot, the manager says, that's Father Paul over there, whatever he wants free. Um, you know, that happens to me all the time. And the same thing happens. I stop snoring and I wake up. Oh, right this way, Father Paul. Right? No. To, re- to make those repairs, I had to pay somebody for their labor and also for the materials. So, uh, we're we're in um, we're in a good position but we have work to do now if you add up the money that that foundation which is not in the state of Texas that they gave for this and that and that and then in 2013 if if you took and you added those together you know that's about how much this parish has to raise to send to Bishop Farrell you mean we got to share? I wish the baby would cry now. The uh, You mean we got to share? Wah, wah. That angel on my shoulder, he's on yours too. I'd like all the money to stay here. I really would. But Bishop Farrell has other needs in the diocese as well. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know if we're going to meet our goal. I don't know if we're going to surpass our goal. I hope we do. In a couple of weeks... Uh, Judge Beacom, who's the president of the Finance Council, he's going to give you a, a talk about the um, capital campaign. Of course, you can always go to Saint So and So's, uh, and you won't hear about the capital camp. Oh, wait a minute, they're going to give the they're going to have the same campaign over there. <laughs> anyway, maybe you could become Jehovah Witnesses for a while and then come back, right? But they're going to have a capital campaign. The Uh, The whole thing is, St. Paul, in today's second reading, is talking to us about sharing. Um, He says to the people, to the church at Philippi, It was kind of you to share in my distress. My God will fully supply whatever you need in accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I'm embarrassed that when I was talking to those people and the... The little guy right here on my shoulder said, Ask him to help the missionaries. I just did this and brushed him off. I'm glad I called him, caught it on the rebound. Well, Father, you were just so overcome. I mean, you cried and all that. No, I heard loud and clear, and I didn't mention it. I didn't wait a day. I called back a minute or two later. Maybe it was an hour. No, it was a minute or two later. I called him back. And look what God has done. So um, the, uh, um, you'll be hearing more and more about this. Um, but uh, uh, if you have been around St. William the last 10 years, you know that we don't talk about money. Um, we don't talk about money. Anybody who says that is wrong or they're lying because we don't. Uh, we don't like to talk about things we don't have. Uh, God has blessed us over the years. God wants us to share. So uh, you'll, be he- you'll be hearing more about it. Thank you for your patience. And uh, uh, as St. Paul said 2,000 years ago, it was a kind of you to share in my distress. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.